What would you do if you found yourself suddenly targeted by the alien abduction phenomenon and the UFO phenomenon and understanding that not only are these things real and true, but they have an overlap with the demonic? That's exactly where our guest this week finds himself before he has a dramatic and incredible encounter with Jesus on this week's Spirit Answers podcast. Well, today I'm honored to have on the podcast with us Jason December. He's the author, co-author of the book, Piercing the Cosmic Veil, You Shall, Shall Not Be Afraid of the Terror by Night, and also a part of CE4 Research Group with Joseph Jordan. Jason, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me, Alex. Thank you. Thank you. It's my pleasure. Uh, so an absolutely incredible testimony uh, you have, and it, it crosses several boundaries, uh, alien abduction uh, phenomenon, the UFO phenomenon. Uh, but before we get into all of that, I want to ask you, how did this all get started for you? Good question. So I think it got started when I was born, born into a, uh, a uh, messy marriage. My mother and father were, were drug addicted and uh, got a, a pretty mean divorce when I was four. And um, like many people, it was in the 70s, um, just kind of started getting bounced back and forth through the divorce. And um, by the grace of God, my grandparents at the time when I was young ended up wanting to keep me, bring some stability in my life. So they ended up funding me to go to a play, a Christian school from kindergarten to fourth grade. It was called Maranatha Christian Academy. And that's where I actually, I think I asked uh, Jesus Christ to be my Lord and Savior. I was like nine or 10 years old. Um, and Things were going pretty well so with my mother for the majority of the time. Um, a guy ended up, we were we, we would go to church a lot. So we would go Wednesdays and Sundays. Um, my mom was working. We were living in Santa Ana in a one-bedroom apartment. And, and uh, one night, I guess about 10 o'clock, I had gone to bed. I think I was, I think it was nine, or, 9 or 10 at the time. One, a guy from church knocked on her door that she had met a few times and said, Hey, Anita, I, I, uh, my car broke down. I need, I need to use your phone. And she, um, let him in and he ended up raping her at gunpoint with me wow. in, in the house. Yeah, it was, it was rough when waking up at that young in the morning and having all these guys from church standing over your head and <clears throat> you're wondering where your mom is. Um, but that was a turning point, I think in my life, I think that's where, the anger and the bitterness came in and she really fell apart after all of that. She started um, using pharmaceuticals obviously and to get help and, and she kind of lost her connection with Christ. Um, some other things that happened to some of my other family members that were really horrible or during that same time. And I think in retrospect, the enemy was really working on my family on, on, on me and, and, and I was um, starting to be angry. Um, I was, I remember at the time I was filled with bitterness and uh, resentment. My parents were bouncing me back and forth. Um, my mother was telling me what a monster my father was. My, my father was telling me what a weird Jesus freak my mother was. And, you know, I think I went to three or four elementary schools after I left Calvary. And then I went to a couple junior highs, three junior highs, I think, and then ended up living with my father um, through high school and staying in the same, same high school. So, 
all that to say, when I left high school, my dad and I did not have a good relationship, a pretty rocky relationship, and I was really fearful of him. And he didn't know how to he didn't know how to how to, how to raise a child. He just didn't have that in him. Um, I left. I was offered a scholarship to Boston College of Music at the time, and I, I because of anger and because of resentment, I was already in a band at the time and had a girlfriend. I decided to not take that path, and I ended up um, moving out. And really playing and touring in some bands for five or six years kind of nomad style <clears throat> and writing a lot of songs performing a lot a lot of anger a lot of good times but in, again in retrospect a lot of it was um driven through despair heartache unforgiveness abandonment issues that i had had so then i ended up getting married um had my first child um ended up getting divorced from her and cheating on her um when my when my child was four years old and ended up remarrying the woman that i had cheated with and having two more children and ended up trying to build a family with no rock um in my life i was trying to to please this woman um financially buying her a house and giving her the giving, giving her the things that she wanted, thinking that I would find happiness in making her happy. And that ended up backfiring on me all of this time, dabbling and using drugs and alcohol through this, really through the whole time since leaving my, my, my house in high school. Um, and through the second divorce, um, I think the crash I bought, I bought a house and I had gotten some, some assets and, and I was miserable inside. I hadn't dealt with a lot of things with my, with my mother and father. Um, I was just focused on pleasing this woman financially and giving her the things that she needed to make her happy, which it was all in vain. Nothing would make this woman happy. So it was, it was just exhausting. And we ended up after I think nine years and when the crash happened, uh, in 08, we lo I lost my job in the mortgage industry. I lost my house and um, I lost everything. She ended up wanting to continue the lifestyle that I provided for her. So she ended up um, leaving me shortly after, had a couple different relationships. I lived alone for a few years while she was out dabbling around trying to find um, someone to give her those the monetary assets that, that I provided for her. <clears throat> and I guess that's where it all started. Um, I ended up alone. She decided to take the kids up to San Francisco. I guess one of the guys that she was seeing um, was from high school and ended up um, wanting to marry him and be with him. The kids were like four and five. And um, it devastated me. It was, uh, I love my children. I have three children. Um, 16, well, 15 and a half, 16 and 24, my 24 year olds down here and the two little ones are up in, in, in San Francisco area. But, um, when she took the kids, it was unbe unbelievable. I, I had never felt so much, um, sadness. I tried we, just the process in which that happened and meeting the guy she was with and going through that whole thing. It was absolutely heart-wrenching to say the least it was uh probably the worst time of my life so as i'm trying to pull this together um, i'm dabbling more and more into drugs and alcohol um i end up renting a room out um 
by myself in Westminster, California over here. And I rented out a little room, little office space with two of these elderly ladies. They were really nice. They knew what I was going through. They were really kind to me. I had this little tiny room and I was still pulling, I was still holding down a job, but I was using um, a lot. And I had, in retrospect, I had been using for quite some time to numb the pain of, of what was going on through those years. And um, during that time in the room, I just remember having uh, this overwhelming sense of unforgiveness towards everyone and anger and bitterness. And it, it just was, it, and, and my family that I did, that I, that I did have in contact with didn't find out where I was. I didn't reach out to them. <clears throat> I was kind of isolated. I was very isolated for that time. It was about a year and a half. And um, the isolation will get to you. Um, things were getting really weird. Things were really, really getting weird. And I was, I was hanging out with different women and different people that I shouldn't have been hanging out with. Um, I didn't, I had no, no urge to be with anybody intimately just because of the pain and, and the heartache that I was, that was, that I had. However, I was so lonely that I would hang out with different women just to, to pass the time, not getting involved with them, but just whoever I could spend some time with because it was getting, I think suicide, suicidal was, was probably the best word at that time. Um, and I knew that I was feeling that way, but I couldn't pull the trigger on that. Um, because the kids, I just couldn't do that to the kids. So I guess it's, we're going about on two years I'm living alone and I realized that the drugs aren't working anymore. Like I, I just, they just weren't working. Um, the alcohol would lead to the drug use, but the alcohol wasn't working either. It, it's almost as if it was just, I couldn't. I couldn't get high. I was so miserable. So I remembered my roots and I said, I've got to try something different. Um, I got my, found a Bible. I started listening to Christian radio. I started reaching out to God. I started, I stopped using. Um, and it was amazing because I, at first it was difficult, but I knew that if I hadn't gone in that direction, that I was going to, take my life somehow. I didn't know how I was going to do it, but I was definitely going to, I couldn't take it anymore. The despair was too much for me at the time. <clears throat> so, um, with that said, I started to really feel a connection with God. And I don't know how to explain it, except that this was going on for about maybe two months. I was clean and I was like really feeling like, Hey, the pastors and what they're speaking, they're speaking directly to me. And it was, it was unmistakable and it was, it was really penetrating to my soul and my spirit. And I felt like I was ready to make a breakthrough and I was ready to pull out of this, this madness that I had put myself in all those years. And, um, this is when it happened, ironically enough. And thank you for your audience for being patient with the backstory, but it's very important. You know, this because <laughs> I want to show you how cunning the enemy really, really could work. So my first encounter was October 6, 2013. I was, um, at the office and I worked, I worked a lot and I was working on a Sunday and I dropped a friend off in Newport beach. Um, she didn't have a ride. So I was helping her out, get back and forth. She lived over where I was running my room out. And, um, 
I ended up, I'm on like a third floor of an office building and I could see toward, I'm looking towards Newport beach where I need to pick her up at. And it was, I don't know. She got off at eight o'clock and I think I was in the office around five or six. And I saw this light over Hogue hospital and it was, I just kept looking over there and I was like, this light is incredible. <laughs> it was, it was not a star. It was way too low to be a star. It was, it kept getting brighter and then it would kind of suck in and then it would get brighter and it would suck in, kept working. And, Trying to ignore it, but I couldn't ignore it. Left work around 6.30, got over there about 7, and maybe 7, 7.30 to where she was working. And I and I parked there waiting her for to, to get off at 8 o'clock. And um, this light was very close to me now. It was, it was just staring right at it. And I remember the security officer, this lady was ran security in front of this boat company. And, and I said, hey, is, you, know, you can see people walking down to the bars, and uh, in, in, off by Lido Island and uh, these bars and some college kids down there. And, I mean, this thing is weird, man. It's getting super bright and then it would get super low. And then since then, then I looked at it and I'm watching this thing and it actually got so, it, it sucked into itself and it would just disappear. And I'm like, this is really amazing. And then within seconds, it would appear over the right. It would continue to do this just back and forth. And so I'm getting excited. I'm like, Hey, tell this, this uh, security officer, she's like, Oh my gosh, she's watching it. So she's, I'm going to go home. I got some, I got a camera and I'm going to go home. She left. I end up going down and I'm watching people in this parking lot come in and out. And I'm wondering to myself, and I'm watching these kids walk up and down the strip to go to these bars. And I'm thinking to myself, how am I the only one standing here looking at this thing? It feels like I'm totally isolated. Like this is really weird. Like everybody else is like having some kind of weird twilight zone movie. So I went down and purposefully found a group of like four or five guys. And I go, hey, what's up, guys? What's going on? I go, where are you guys headed? And they're like, boom, 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 whatever. And I go, hey, if you guys check that out, that light. And when I would do that, they would stop and they'd go, whoa, that's really weird. And then they, they kept going. I remember one guy saying, yeah, I have a friend that lives on 32nd Street and we on a second floor. We, we, we've seen that for the last couple of weeks or something like that. So I thought, okay, I'm not going crazy. Eight o'clock rolls around. It's they let my friend out of the uh, the boat company and she comes out. This thing's gone. It disappears right when she comes out as if it was all, if, as it was planned. And I'm sitting here and we're talking and I'm telling her, I'm going, oh my gosh, this is my experience. I'm watching this light, blah, blah, blah. I'm going on and on and on. And she's like, okay, well, I, let's, can we go? Cause I, I don't see it. And I'm trying to get agitated. I was really agitated at the time. And um, we kind of were fighting about it. Cause I was so, I was so excited wanting her to see what I experienced, but it wasn't going to happen. So she would drive this, this girl would drive my truck every once in a while. And so she's in the process of getting a car and what have you. So she decided to drive my truck back up Newport Boulevard, I guess, to take the freeway back to us, the Westminster area. So we ended up getting in the truck and I just figured, okay, well, it was really weird. And we pull off and we start heading, I guess it would be East um or north away from the beach up newport boulevard and within i would say five minutes um she says oh my god and she pointed to over my across me and i looked up and i see a, a, a spaceship so that's all i can tell you and it was massive it was um it was square long three lights on the front on each side massive 
I freaked out. I, I told her, pull over. We actually went over kind of a center divider or a, a curb, went up into a parking lot, and it happened to be an empty parking lot. She parked the car. I jump out of the car. I look up. This thing's coming at us. It's dark. It's after 8 o'clock now. And this thing is probably the size of, I mean, a, 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 I would say like a strip mall. I mean, I mean, you would think it would be that big. It was almost like I was in a Star Wars movie or a Star Trek movie, like, like literally the Millennium Falcon, if it were like square and, and and like rectangular, the size of something like that coming towards us and zero sound whatsoever at all. It was bizarre. I'll never forget that there was no sound in the way that it moved. It moved as if it was in water. That's the only way I can describe it. And it, it was the weirdest thing. And it came and it slowed down. It came right over our head and I'm screaming at the thing and she's freaking out. And I remember as it's going over our head, I remember saying, um, what the hell are you? What do you want? Where do you come from? Or something like that. And as soon as I did that, as it was passing us, it actually stopped and it went and it came back over my head, which scared the, <clears throat> the daylights out of us. And we jumped in, the, in my truck again and she was driving. And we, as we go to leave, I see three more of these ships in the distance coming towards our area. And it was, at that point, it was just, I don't know how to explain, you're, you're in such hysteria, it's hard to explain the feeling that you have. So we're freaking out, nevertheless, we end up going backtracking down P P uh, Newport Boulevard to PCH, Pacific Coast Highway going north, and I figured we'll take that, because we got to get out quick, and I just, we were scared, and I wanted to go up to Warner, which is about, I guess, 8, 9, 10 miles, and then cut over to Westminster, where she lived. As we're freaking out, we get to PCH, we're driving up and um, I'm the light I had originally seen earlier in the day, now it's dark and I see these lights everywhere, 20 or 30 of, 30 of them as far as I can see because as we're going north on PCH, I can see the ocean, I can see the oil rigs and on my right, I can see inland. And over every building, as far as the eye could see, it was a clear night where these um, lights that i had seen before they were huge and they would just move very languidly across the sky and when they and a lot most of them would stop over big structures so if there was a building it would hover it, they were hovering over a structure we are in his we're in hysterics <clears throat> and then to make <laughs> to make matters worse um that's when the discs came so i'm thinking to myself at the time we're under attack for sure. So this is a, I guess, an alien invasion or something like that. I, 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 I it was just absolutely insanity at the time, and and then to add to it, right over my head, outside my passenger window, these discs. I think there were three or four of them, low, super low, spinning. They were metallic, and they would spin one way, and they had a light inside inside of the light was another circle of lights that spun the opposite way. I remember them being blue and three or four of them came and just quiet, no sound, nothing had sound. It was just flat. They flew right over my right shoulder. And I'm just, I'm just going, this is insane. I have the wherewithal to pick up. I can see where my uncle lives about, I don't know how many miles, 10, 15 miles this way. I can see where I'm running my room out. I, I have the wherewithal to grab my cell phone on the floorboard, actually call my roommate, my uncle, I think, or my aunt, Got, got them both on the phone, told them to come outside, and I'm in hysterics. They can't, they're like, Jason, we're out here. We can't see anything. We don't, we don't see anything. <clears throat> At that point, 
I just threw the phone back down. Never thought of filming, never thought of taking a picture. That would have been the last thing that would have ever, I, I remember being questioned about th that after the after this experience. And I'm going to tell people out there, you don't think about taking a picture or taking a video. I didn't even know how I made the phone call, to be quite honest with you. So uh, nevertheless, we're going and we keep going and these things are flying that way the lights are hovering over to my right and to make and then to make things worse the girl is poor girls driving my my truck she was 18 or 19 at the time uh, she was i just remember her going saying some really hardcore profanities out of her mouth i'd never heard her say before and she grabbed me and she goes look i look over to the left and we're still driving obviously <clears throat> and above one of the oil rigs are these cylinders and they're massive they're massive massive cylinders there was one two three they kind of were set up like the black flag logo um and they were they were brilliant and they they had this fluorescent um light just shining like some 80s uh uh weird black under like a black light color really bright orange neon orange and that was where things got to a point where it was just like we were kind of getting like what's like we're this is the end this is definitely the end so we end up as we're talking about this and we're witnessing this and we're together i really don't remember what more we discussed together but we ended up getting up to the light at westminster or at warner and we made the right and i needed people to see what i was seeing i was upset I, I was like, this is, I got this is insane because the people that were around us in cars or the people that were at the gas stations, you could see walking to get gas. It, it, nobody was seeing anything. It was, it was like, this is insane. Like, are we the only people that are seeing this? This is ridiculous. So <clears throat> I had her pull over at a gas station. There was a mother and daughter and they were standing out by their car pumping gas. And I said, and I just, I had her pull over. I jumped out and I, I'm a sales guy. So I, gathered myself i didn't want to freak them out and i walked up kind of by them as if i was going into the am pm place to get something and i, I just said hey excuse me ladies i guess have you seen any of these lights at this time the discs and those big ships obviously they were gone those discs flew over me and, and i never saw them again but the, the only thing that was left were these huge 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 sun lights that's all i can describe them as and they would look up and they would go oh whoa and they'd see them in the distance so then I get back in the car. Okay, I'm not going. We're not. We're not crazy. You know, we're not insane. This is really happening. You just have to wake people up to see what you're experiencing. So we ended up getting to the right over by her house. There was an in and out and another gas station. She gets out of her car. I think she was going to pump gas, but as we pull up to this gas station, I see this guy and he's standing at the gas station and he's just like this. He's just looking up in the sky. And I go, Oh my gosh, the first guy who's watching this, I don't have to tell. I jump out of the car. She does her thing. I run up to the guy. I walk up to the guy, and he doesn't even look at me. He just stands there, and I, I'm standing next to him, and I'm looking at these lights, these brilliant sunlights moving across the sky everywhere. And I and he didn't even look, he didn't even turn to look at me. He just I looked at him. I go, "What is going on?" I go, "I just picked my my friend up from Newport Beach, and we have seen spaceships the whole way here." I, I this is, and he just goes, "They're here all the time." And I go, he goes, and they don't come here the way you think they get here. And I think he said something about they go through a portal or a dimension or something like that. I forgot. I don't remember exactly what he said. And at this time, I looked to my right and just across this little street by the gas station was an in and out hamburger joint. And there were cars in line. There was a cop car. 
in line. And I said, okay, well, I'm going to have a conversation with the police because they need to know what's going on. I'm going to fix this. I'm going to let everybody know what's going on. So I end up doing the same thing. He's in line in, in, in this, in this in and out drive through. And he's got his passenger window down. He's got some cars in front of him and he's got, I don't think he had a car behind him. He used at the end of the line. And I go, I went up to him very calmly and I said, excuse me, officer, can I have a word with you really quick? He kind of went like that. And I went over and I said, Hey, listen, I got to talk to you for a minute. I just, first of all, I want to tell you I'm not on drugs. I work at a bank. I, uh, a banker. I, you know, I'm coming home from work. I'm picking up a friend. We're coming from Newport beach. And I just got to let you know that, um, there's some kind of ships all over the sky and I need to know what's going on. And, and he told me to come a little closer. And I, I go, have you heard of anything? And he says, I may have gotten a couple of calls, but I, that's exactly how he said it and what he said. And I said, and I said, what do you mean? Maybe we've got a couple of calls. And as I'm talking to the guy above, above him and in the distance is one of these sunlight balls coming this way. And we're talking and I said, <clears throat> listen, I said, officer, I'm going to back up a little bit. Can you just, would you mind just looking to your left and up in the sky real quick? And he looked at me, he goes, no, come here. My friend came over behind me waiting for me and she said the cop said come here he goes i want you to you and your friend i don't want you saying another word to anybody i want you to get you in your car and i want you to leave and i'll never forget looking at the officer and, and the feelings that went through my mind and went through my heart and my spirit and i thought everybody's in on this like everybody is in on this and this guy's not looking and he's telling me to get out of here i started to get a little angry and I think I said something to him again, like, what What did you, you just say? And he called me over again. And he said, I'm not going to ask you again. I want you to take your friend and get out of here. or Because I don't want to have to send somebody out here to get you. And I'll tell you, man, Alex, I was just like, I don't know, man, weird stuff going on. I'll tell you right now, there's weird things going on. So go back to her house. And I ended up going to work the next day. I almost called the, the Newport police in the morning and I called my roommate and she said, don't do that. She goes, I, I need to talk to you about some things. Come to find out my, the lady who rented the room, the room to me for the last two years was from Iowa or Ohio. And she had had all these experiences and surprised me that night. We ended up talking for hours and she showed me articles about her and her family and her, and her disappearing little kid showing up, her sister showing up somewhere else. And she had all these all this information about what had happened to me and all these theories. But I'll never forget the morning it, I had got, I'd left, I'd, I'd gotten to work about six o'clock in the morning and I opened up the office um, a lot. And I remember crying and freaking out and just being really out of, out of sorts that morning, that Monday morning. And when I got to the office, I sat down for a little bit by, the entrance to the office building behind me and then there was an like a receiving dock area where the fedex guys would come and deliver things and then there was a parking structure where people would come out and go into the offices in the building i worked in and i remember sitting there and i remember being i remember hating i remember thinking i don't this like reality doesn't even exist everything i've ever been taught doesn't exist including god i i i would like where like it just it just the feeling the, the things that go through your mind it's incredible because you really feel like 
everything you've ever known and ever experienced is is, is worthless and that we are absolutely nothing in, in, in the in the grand scheme of things and every religion and everything that you've ever even considered being reality is is nothing once you've experienced something like that i remember bawling and i remember looking up i remember cursing god and saying how could you let this happen to me when i was ready to have a breakthrough with you and um that's when things just got so much worse um things really got bad after that um yeah yeah wow that is absolutely incredible to say the least everything that you just described and just want to take a step back real quick yep to remind people that because i'm sure there are some people that immediately would think well you know do the do the drugs and alcohol play a, a role here and for what i remember first of all you, you were no longer uh, on any substances at this point right i wasn't i hadn't been for a while so you have that, and then you also have the uh, another factor here, which is that there are there is co- 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 if I can say the word corroboration, uh, there are other people that had also seen uh, what you were seeing, and even even if it wasn't everybody, there were enough people. I think uh, at least uh, three or four other people that you encountered that that were seeing the exact same lights and and craft that you were seeing. Um, so something was going on here. And, um, I, I think I, I didn't, under, I didn't know about that, uh, encounter that you had with that police officer. And I just wanted to ask you, what, what do you make of that now? Looking back on that conversation with him, Alex, I, I don't know. Everybody wants to know every, every asked that question, you know, it's uh it's a great question. I, I was, <clears throat> it was good and bad because it freaked me out, but it also gave validity to the experience. Like, all he had to, I mean, I, he, he didn't, all I do is turn your head. I backed up 15 feet from your car. I was completely I, as calm as I could be. These things were everywhere at the time I spoke to him. And for you to tell me to get out of here so you don't send somebody out here to take us away, it tells me that there's things happening. And I know it sounds crazy to people, but there are things that are happening, especially now. I think I'm going on my, what, my anniversary, the October 6th be uh eight years from this experience but i'm gonna be honest with you guys the amount of uh manifestations the amount of ufo sightings that i've seen incrementally increase incrementally increase over the last eight years have been absolutely mind-boggling i'm sure people out there that have had experiences and have watched this and tracked this and ran algorithms to these sightings and how 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 I mean, the daytime sightings, the nighttime sightings, it's, it's incredible. Not only that, but just all kinds of experiences. I'm sure you have people on your show and, and, you, and you will have people on your show. They're going to tell some things that are, that are incredible. And you see this manifesting over time. And I think right now it's, 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 it's just, I feel like it's peaking. And I feel like something's getting ready to, to happen. I don't know what that means, but um, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I think it, it was a bummer. It was a bummer. I was angry at the cop, but I was also... It gave validity to what was happening. And then I just started, it starts to make you think, how many people know that this stuff's going on? How mm-hmm. many people, I mean, is it, is it, it's, it's, it's gotta be, it's gotta be, if it's police officers, then it's gotta be the federal government. If it's federal government, then it's gotta be, what do city workers know? Do people that are on these, like military? I mean, you start thinking, you start thinking about this stuff and you, and you could go down a million rabbit holes, exactly what happened after all this, what I ended up doing. Because once something happens to you like this, at least the way that I was created is now I've got to figure it out. 
I've got to figure out what, why this happened, what I, what part I play on it, why it happened to me, what my, and that, and that's exactly what I did. And unfortunately it led me down uh, three years of absolute hell. Um, so. And, and before we get into that too, I wanted yeah. to say that um, it, it really makes me think about just this, talking about spiritual topics in general it seems like a lot of these things that we talk about as it relates to ufos aliens uh you know the angels demons god a lot of this stuff is 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 hiding in plain sight people are having interactions with this stuff every day but it's as if we completely ignore it it's at, it's like there's a there's a veil there that people uh, are uncomfortable to to look past and um it's i can't help but one i i think part of it is that these topics are very uncomfortable because they reach down into our very uh, soul, our very being, and, and ways that we comprehend the world. And people don't want to take the time to examine that because that can be very painful. Um, so I think that's part of it. But I also just think that the the other part of it for me is just how how crazy is it that all of this stuff is going on around us, and yet we act as if all of this isn't going on and is, is is paranormal or fringe topics or the esoteric when when in reality this is just as this is just as normal as is uh, going to the grocery store this stuff needs to be presented and, and brought out into the into the front and in, into the spotlight and i just think it's so sad that we that we ignore it because it could be a painful thing to talk about and it could uh it, it, it could fracture the way that we have previously interpreted the world um, so I, and I, and that's my theory when, when it comes to that police officer, I, I can't help but think that he, he had had some encounters himself. He had had people mm. tell him about these things and it was just too much for him. He wanted to put it in the, on the back burner in his mind, so to speak, and just go about with his day. That's too much to, to comprehend. Um, but I, I didn't realize just the scope until really I've spoken to you right now, of uh, how many people were, were having uh, this exact uh, these these phenomena, th this encounter with this phenomena, the UFO phenomena, in the exact same location at the exact same time. I was thinking it was more over here, over over there, just you know, different times and different parts of the world. But how many people are having this exact ex exact same experience at once is absolutely mind blowing. Yeah, yeah. W before, no, I, oh, go ahead. No, I agree. I, I and I'll get into a little bit more of what I think this all is actually what I know it is all to be. We'll get into that in a minute, but mm. it's, let's just put it this way. It can happen to anybody at any time. Mm. Yeah. It, it's, it's, it, do I think that there's, that there's cosmic geography involved? I really, I do as well. I, I, I believe that there are areas and, and there are things that are happening in certain areas on this planet that, that offer that, that allow more of these things to happen. Absolutely. But I do believe that it's, it's spiritual in nature. And I think that it, that it, um, there's doors that can be open and that those doors can be open anywhere you are, if you allow them to be. So, yeah. D did you have an interest in any of this before you have these sightings, UFOs, oh. aliens? So growing up my whole life, I would not only was I a huge, uh, I love space. I had, a, <laughs> I had an affinity with space my whole life. I don't even really told anybody. I mean, my first tattoo, Rick Spellman, uh, ended up tattooing, a big space scene on my arm, and I never yeah. even knew why I did it. Like it was, it's just ridiculous when you look back at how this all happened. Um, so yeah, yeah, I did. I thought I, I had an affinity for space. I had a really a big interest in space. I love sci-fi, sci science fiction stuff. That was my go-to for sure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So interesting because maybe that could could play a role in in how these these beings were playing on your interest. 
Uh, Absolutely. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. They definitely, as you're saying, we'll, we'll get into the specifics later, but they're definitely watching us. They definitely understand our characteristics, our, our, mm-hmm. our, our weaknesses, and yep. uh, they definitely try to exploit that. Yep. Okay. So, so you getting back to your story then. So you were at work the next day, can feel like kind of like what I was describing your world completely shattered. Everything that you knew was, was not what, it, what, what you thought it was. And uh, really sounds like maybe the, the darkest moment of, of your life. What happens next? Yeah, you could say that. So I go into, I go into this weird feeling like I, um, I'm, I've got to figure this out. The job doesn't matter anymore. I, I, I could, it, it allowed me to look past my feelings for my children, I guess, really. It allowed me to take that next step. I think the step was going to be, I'm going to find out what happened to me. I'm going to go some, I feel like I needed to get away. I feel like I needed to go somewhere alone. I feel like I needed to go into nature. I feel like I needed to go to the mountains. I feel like I needed to get away. I feel like I needed to, to die, but I feel like I needed to figure out what, this was and what my part was in it before I died. And at this point it made suicide seem okay because I wasn't going to do it traditionally. I was going to get my commission check in a week. I was going to grab my guitar and a backpack and get my truck, my Ford Explorer Exploder. And I was going to drive North and I was going to, in my mind, find these things or find these, whatever had happened to me, I'm going to find, figure it out. And if I do great, if I don't, I'm going to continue searching. I'm going to search. And when I run out, I'm not going to get a job, jobs or job. I'm not going to do this. Nothing except getting away from everybody and figuring this out. It's the only thing I had in my mind. So I had my commission check coming I had my, my little gear ready to go. And I think I told my best friend at the time I'm, I'm leaving. And my, and my family during this two years stint kind of given up. He's gone off the deep end. He's lost everything. And he's, he's in, I, I don't know what my family thought, but I was completely isolated. Really. There was nobody except my friend who was a complete raging alcoholic. And he was so messed up in his own way. He couldn't, he couldn't offer me any help. So I was actually taking care of the guy. It was like, he was like one of those leaving Las Vegas types things. It was really sad. He was so addicted to the alcohol and, uh, Anyhow, um, I was ready. I'm going to do this thing. So I ended up going to a, taking this guy to a bar in the middle of the afternoon. And there's this girl sitting in the middle of the bar. The bar's empty. I've been to this bar several times in the past. And she's sitting there and she's, Looks like she's like drawing or something, and I end up start. I start to. I sit down next to her. And I just was like, "Hey, how's it going?" And she just talked a little bit, and we got some snacks from the gas station. We and she bought Dave and I a drink, and I ended up um, just say having a really good conversation for the first time in years. Like I just was a good conversation, nothing more, but a conversation with somebody who I could talk to, and. Uh, it was really interesting how, how that happened. So we left that, that day. We exchanged numbers, and she got through a divorce, and I told her I had been through a divorce, and I'm not looking for anything. I just want somebody to talk to. And that's what we did. We ended up um, talking for a couple of weeks, for hours and hours and hours. Um, never saw each other, just talked. And 
you know, look back and I know God put her in my life for a reason because if I hadn't have met her at that right at that exact time, then I really probably would not be here right now for sure. Um, so we ended up talking and we had so much in common. It was, it was insanity. It was just one of those things where like, we just, it was nothing sexual. There was nothing more than just an understanding of our childhood and our upbringing. And it was like, it was just divine really was really was awesome. And she was renting a room out as well in Fullerton. So, um, we didn't like this. We didn't like we were where we were at. We wanted to be together. So we started staying together at hotels and wherever we could just to spend time together. And I think it was the second time we had stayed together. And I really, really appreciated this girl. And she meant a lot to me. And it was really on a level I'd never experienced before. So I felt like it was my responsibility to let her know what had happened because if she's going to find out anyway, and, and if, if it's irresponsible, I've let a lot of people down in my life and I, I didn't want to let her down. So I remember giving her this testimony in a hotel room short, a few months after I'd met her. And I said, listen, I'm going to, I just want you to listen to me for about an hour. And if you want to leave, leave. And if you don't, don't, but I've got to let you know. So I went through it and when I was done. She said, I completely believe every word you said. And it was, she, she accepted what I had told her, unfortunately. And fortunately. So long story short, we end up uh, moving in. We get an apartment together um, four or five months after seeing each other. We both needed a place to go. And we thought that this was going to be the best step. Um, and we ended up moving into a one bedroom apartment in Fullerton, California. What she didn't know was that I was, I had this, um, whatever had happened to me, I had had this overwhelming sensation to figure things out. What I didn't tell her was I was seeing these ships a lot. I was seeing different things. I was having experiences a lot after the main experience. Um, I did tell her after some time that these lights would follow me. Um, I told her, we had actually a couple experiences together, a couple sightings together, a couple times things were frightening. Um, nothing like the main encounter that I had had previously, but these things were definitely supernatural and they were, they were mini sightings, I guess you could call them. So in, in Fullerton, um, I became obsessive. I ended up sitting out on the patio at night and filming on my phone and taking pictures for hours. And this went on for months and months and months. I didn't have a job. I couldn't, I couldn't for the life of me, I couldn't get a job for the first time in my life. I always was able to get a job and every person I talked to, every company I reached out to, they would, it's, things were really happening. It were strange. People would, I would run into people and I would have conversations with people and they would disappear. Emails would be scrubbed off my computer. Um, something was not allowing me to find work, which gave me more time to get on the computer and search for aliens, UFOs, abductions, the blue avians, um, Nibiru, the, the planet X, uh, 
blah, 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 blah. I was going down every rabbit hole you could absolutely imagine somebody going down to figure out what the hell had happened to me. And it was taking me down so many different paths that I was becoming obsessive and it was causing problems with the relationship. And the more that I gave um, time in doing it, the more that things started to progress. In other words, I would be researching and seeing things and they would come, they would happen. Um, I remember, I would remember taking pictures in on my cell phone of ships and video of these ships and just sitting down at night and showing her and obsessing over these things. And it went on and on. And then after a few months, I was able to figure out that if I was filming a ship and I looked down, I could see what looked to be entities of some kind on the ground. And so I started taking pictures of those and I started recording those. And we would sit back at night and I would be obsessed with her. I try to show her and she would see these things. It seemed like she was fearful and she didn't want to really, really get into it too much like I was. So this went on and it manifested into me experiencing orbs for the first time i one night she was asleep on the couch and i went outside and i was crying i was missing my children i was really going through i was filled with despair one thing i can isolation despair i can only I was getting these emotions back again it was really difficult for me to be apart from my kids i remember crying and i remember saying out like what are you what what, what, what were you what can, can you help me and and I remember just immediately orbs right in front of my face within arm's distance, just floating and me going, Oh my gosh, it's, it's you guys. It's the things that were in the spaceships. And I mean, it was just ridiculous. And this manifested into seeing more and more and more. And it was always through the tell. It was always through the phone. I wasn't seeing really anything with my, with my eyes, but I was, it was almost as if the phone's technology was a conduit to let me see these things. And it, and the more that I, as the months went by, the more I used the phone, the more I was seeing and the more I was experiencing the orbs started in real time. And then they manifested a few other times in the house, in the bedroom. Um, things were getting really dark. People were coming into our lives at, at weird places at restaurants and walking right up to us and talking to us about the occult and the secret space program and about reptilians and about shape-shifting. We had two or three encounters with strangers that walked right up to me in a, in a restaurant or, or in a bar or something to start talking to me about, about things as if I we were on the same page. And it was the most bizarre thing. I, at the time, I could only tell people that we were experiencing high strangeness to come, to come back later and find out that that's a term in the UFO abduction realm. So one night we came home from somewhere and I had noticed a pretty big ship in the sky, bigger than I'd seen previously. And I didn't want to say anything to her because things were pretty rocky. And she got back in, we got inside the house. She ended up falling asleep. And I said, I'm going to go out and film this thing. <laughs> and I went out, got up on this little bedrock area that, parallel the apartment complex out in this carport where pretty parked and I filmed this thing and I was starting to see ships come little dots come in and out of it and I was watching it and it was it was it was almost as if I wanted something to happen it was really it's really sick to say that 
but it, it's it's like I just wanted something to have. I wanted answers. And the more I watched this ship that was very far away, but I could clearly see that things were coming in and out of it. These things were coming in and were getting closer and closer as they were coming in and out. And over a course of time, they came all the way where I was. And I, these red balls were little tiny red balls had come from a distance where the ship was all the way over the carport. And I knew I, I felt fear like I'd never felt fear in my entire life. I remember jumping off this little bedrock and that was it. I was out there about 9.30 and it was three, and it was, and I was, the next thing I remember, I'm in my truck in my Ford and I remember my girlfriend at the time banging on the window going, get out of there. What are you doing? What are you doing? It's 3.30 in the morning. It's 3.30 in the morning. And I'm completely discombobulated. I, I don't know what she's talking about. She opens up the door. I fall out of the truck. She grabs me. I could barely walk. She takes me into the apartment and I end up falling asleep. I wake up in the morning and I go to stand up out of the bed and I fell on, I fall on my feet. My feet had felt like somebody had just like misery that just bashed my feet in with, um, with something. I felt like I had been beat up by, I've been beat up a few times in some fights and I, I felt like I got kicked in by like seven or eight guys I had bruises all over my body. I got to the bathroom. I started thinking about the night before and I thought, well, the, the bet, the thing that I jumped off was only like three, it's like, two and a half feet, three feet, maybe. So I'm like this, all this stuff couldn't have happened to you by, by jumping off that. And you don't even remember what happened for that five, six hour time space. So like we all do, I'm sitting on the toilet with my underwear and I've got my phone next to me. And I started to look down at my hand and I'm looking at my leg and I see these marks on my hand. I've got these, like, look like my hand said that I like, had, people taking like skin out of my little, little like layers of skin on my hand. I had bruises all over me on my left leg. I had these three dots in a perfect triangle, one by my kneecap and two others up by my, my, my higher towards my pelvic perfect triangle. And I am just absolutely out of my mind. I end up looking up alien abduction symptoms or whatever i look at the pictures and all these pictures i'm seeing i have the exact same things all over my body i have things all over my body it's exact same stuff i'm i totally go into this complete panic and i'm just gonna speed things up because it gets kind of emotional this is where things just get really bad because i'm starting to realize that whatever is happening and some of this experience these experiences now they're something's touching me something's doing something to me and once you start feeling like that things go to a whole nother level Right. And, and real quick, before you do that, yeah. I wanted to see, because I yeah. uh, speaking to Joseph Jordan previously, he had mentioned that people that are having the experiences that you're having don't typically seek out any like psychiatric help because um, that is the last thing that they want in terms of that. They think that that's going to make them feel even more crazy. And was, was that the case for you as well? Yeah. Until I, that's very true. Mm -hmm. But as the weeks, maybe a couple of weeks went by, I, I had to have answers. Like this was like, I, I couldn't, I was losing my, I was starting to lose my mind. I was going crazy. So I ended up finding some uh, world renowned hypnotherapist in LA called Yvonne Smith, who had worked out with this famous doctor taking out alien implants. And she charged like 350 bucks an hour to do this regression thing. And I'm like, I don't care. I don't care what happens. I ended up, I ended up getting a hold of this lady. She meets us in Newport beach. 
my girlfriend and I at the time, ironically, within a mile where this whole thing had started. And we meet in this little boutique area, and she brings this guy in. She films me. She sits down a recorder. I tell her my whole story. I tell her what happens to me. She records everything. I pay her the money. And she says, everything you've experienced is she, – she, she's as if she knew everything. And this is these are all telltale signs of alien abduction, blah, 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 blah. So we go home, and she ends up reaching back out to me, and she says, listen – I can do hypnotherapy if you want to figure out what happened that night and what's been going on with you. And she sent me a bunch of paperwork and she's like, I want you to take your time because this is the, could be the biggest decision you'll ever make in your life. If you do this, this could uncover some things that are going to affect you professionally, perfect your family, you're with your family. I mean, this is like this and it could trigger you. So you have to be a hundred percent sure you want to do something like this. Well, I was kind of a hothead my whole life. I had a lot of anger issues. So my, my girlfriend and I decided, no, we, we weren't going to do that. And then I'll just kind of cut to the chase and, and really get to the end of it. Um, things proceeded to get a lot worse after that. The depression, the sightings. I started seeing and having experiences, otherworldly spiritually spiritual experiences that um, would just people would think I was insane. I was seeing reptilian figures i was seeing all kinds of entities i'd seen them so much that i could see that they were just like we have just like we have we're all human but there's caucasians there's chinese there's asian there's um indian there's african-american it's it started to become where i could not only take pictures of them or see them in video but i could i was starting to get accustomed to knowing what these things looked like but i hadn't had an experience in real time yet until the night that i was um it's probably a week before the end. Uh, my I was playing bass in my living room, and we had a pool that separated my window. If I looked outside my living room window, there was the pool, and then directly across was an apartment that had a patio, and then they, they would face us. We were looking at each other. I remember I was playing my bass that night, and I had the blinds open and the slider open, and I looked up, and I saw – four entities with my eyes, no phone, nothing. And they were dancing, literally dancing to the music that I was playing. And they, the only way I can describe them is they were between two to three feet tall. And they had these like, they were just, they were horrible looking, but they had these like tentacles that would hang down like off their faces. And they were a little bit different and a little bit different size. And I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it. I finally was seeing something with my real eyes. It was, it was, it was ridiculous. It, it scared the living shit out of me. Excuse me, but it, it, it scared me so much. It was, it was. I couldn't, I, I couldn't even stop playing. I was watching it, and the feeling, and the thought was going through my mind. I put down the bass. I sh obviously ran towards. I didn't look again. I shut the blinds. I shut the door. My girlfriend came home with groceries. I got her inside, and that's when things. In accompanying that experience, we were having supernatural ev events and things happening in the home that were so over the top that the only way to describe it is that I was being targeted. And if people out there don't know what that is, look it up. I was it was like a like an MK Ultra experience. I, I felt like I was I felt like I was being monitored. And I felt like I was some test some test patient and that I, they, they were doing some some somebody was doing something to me i was completely full of paranoia at that time 
few days later, my wife needed to go to spend some time with her sister in Arizona and I was going to be left alone. And, um, that's the night when things changed. I, uh, was about, I was sitting in the living room and she was going to be gone for two days. And it was about, I think 1130 or 12, maybe, maybe close to midnight. I had the blind shut, was watching television. I had a light on the kitchen was to my left. TV was in front of me, and to my right was the sliding glass door. All of a sudden, I looked to my right, and within six feet of me, through the blinds, I see eyes. The size of those eyes that I had seen the, pre the previous time when I saw those entities. For some reason, I knew in my mind that they were coming in. I didn't know how they were going to get in, but they were here. They were here to talk to me, or like I communicate with me. I knew for sure, um, and I literally went into fight or flight mode. I, where, how you got in our apartment? There's no way I could have gotten out the front door without passing them. So I was kind of locked in, and I started screaming. I didn't know what else to do. We, we knew the neighbor lived next door to us, Rudy, and he knew some of the things were happening. And I'm really loud. I'm really, I could be really, really loud. I started screaming and I'm screaming and I'm screaming and I'm screaming. And I knew that this was the end. I, I my heart was pounding so fast. I knew I was going to have a heart attack. I, I was sure of it in my mind. It's like, you're going to, you're going to die because you're not going to, you're not going to, once these things either manifest through the glass or they or however this happens whatever's going to happen you can't handle it you were not created to handle this type of experience so i was going to have a heart attack and i was screaming i was crying i was in the worst it was the worst terror i'd ever experienced in my entire life i've been to some really sketchy experiences before i mean this was over the top and it was just it was just you're going to die right now at the moment i alex the moment i just felt like I was going to take my last breath. I looked up, I, I cried out. I remember going, Jesus, I go, Jesus, please, God, Jesus, just as loud for no one to have heard me screaming and crying that night would be impossible. So I was in some type of a, of a, of a Oz factor. I was in some type of, of a bubble. I truly believe I was in those bubbles many times, but um, there's no way no one would have heard me. Nevertheless, I looked to my left for some reason, and I see a figure of Jesus Christ, the way that people would think of him in a robe with a brown belt around his thing. And he's 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 not standing six feet, but he's like floating. He's probably it looked like a uh, hologram. And he's I see his profile and he's looking and these two entities, which looked like bitmojis, were crouched down below him, like fearful of him. They could barely look at him. And I'm looking at this scene. And I'm like, are you kidding me right now? Like, this is, this is, I'm just like, this is too much. It's just too much. So I look down and I go, okay, you're, this, this isn't happening. I remember going like this with my eyes and I looked back and he was still there. As I saw him the second time, his profile and his, and his figure, I looked to my right. The eyes were gone from the, um, from the things were gone from the window. They were standing right there looking in and I dropped to my knees and I remember crying and every single fear I had ever had, everything I'd ever felt through 
from 2013 through May of 2016 was gone. My fear was gone. My anger was gone. My every all the emotions that accompanied these weird experiences were was gone. And I felt a complete peace about me. I don't know what happened, but I remember start just praying. I just prayed. I don't know how long I prayed for. I just was praying to Jesus Christ, to God. I was like, I just saw Jesus. This is over the top. This is over the top. So that night or the next day, she came home, and I had come across. Uh, oh, I was typing like Jesus saves people or Jesus in the name of Jesus or alien abductions Jesus or something. And I was on YouTube. I remember it was on YouTube. And I come across this video. And this guy, Joe Jordan's testimony or something from Roswell, New Mexico. I was from the like 90s or something. And I, I watched this guy and he's talking about his experience, his testimony. It's like, it's kind of a lot like mine. And he's talking about all these people he works with and then all these people have these like same experiences that I had. And then he gets to the end of the testimony. He's like, I'm not only going to tell you about these people, but they're going to tell you. And then, and then they all ended up having all these crazy experiences. And he starts bringing them up one after the other, just like all these people lining up. And they're like, we had these encounters and we were able to stop them by crying out just in the name of Jesus Christ. <laughs> I, it was so ridiculous. It was so awesome. I mean, I was like, this is incredible. And as, as crazy as all that sounds and as wild as that is, uh, Joe Jordan, um, who's the the president of CE4 Research Group, he and I ended up um, years went by, and I want I wanted to get a hold of him. And well, I mean, with that said, I ended up going back to the church that my grandparents paid for me to go to as a child. Immediately, I started by myself, my girlfriend. I didn't want to pressure her to start showing up to church as much as I could. I'd sit there and I'd listen. I'd have my Bible and I'd pray and think. Thank Jesus. Thank Jesus. And things changed. Things changed. I told her about the encounter. She came home and she ended up, we, we went to CE4 research group, which was, he had announced was his, his research group in regards to how alien abductions could be overcome um, by the power, by the power and authority of Jesus Christ and some steps that you can do to help you get through it. So my girlfriend went to his website and she printed out the eight R's to freedom, which you're, Anybody watching can go there and find these eight hours of freedom. And she put these things all over our apartment, in the bathroom, in the living room, in the kitchen, everywhere. So every time I got up, I would read them. What to do, what not to do, what to do, what not to do. My life changed. Um, years went by. I always wanted to thank Joe because God put him in my life. And it, I want to thank him. But I couldn't get a hold of him. I never could get a hold of him. So I ended up getting a hold of him. He was in South Korea. I saw him on an interview, and I he somehow they left his email. And I'm like, I'll try again. So I gave him a quick little synopsis, you know, boom, boom, who I am, whatever. And um, when was this? This was April 2020, last year. And I emailed him, and he called me. I got this number from Florida which I knew he had lived in Florida, but I didn't answer the phone because I didn't thought it was a, could be a, a prank, a scam call or something, but he left a message. This is Joseph Jordan. Give me a call back. I call him back. We ended up talking for three hours. And at the end of the conversation, he said, uh, I'm working for a military contractor in South Korea. I don't know if I'm going to be coming back to the States and I need a, a representative 
for the ministry in the States. And um, I'm also compiling a book together and I want you to be a part of it. And I'm like, whoa, listen, I just called to say you, I just called to tell you thanks. So I'm like, you need to pray about this. And he's like, it's already done. That's the story. That's the story, guys. Our book came out. Um, let's see. Our book came out April of last year, Piercing the Cosmic Veil. Um, you shall not be afraid of the terror by night. It has countless testimonies of experiences like mine. It has information from professionals, from MUFON and different organizations. Um, I, I won't get into the specifics, specifics of it, but I'll tell you, one of the things is that if I had this tool early on, I want to tell people out there that there is hope because if I had the tools early on, something like this resource, it would have made a huge impact and could have gotten me through things a lot quicker. So I just encourage people to, to, to look into it and find it if they can. But to make a long to make that long story longer, um, it's been years now what uh five years almost six years my life has changed i um been married to the girl i was with uh under a covenant of, 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 of under 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 a um under the under the covenant of of jesus christ and 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 we were married because that was the right thing to do because that's what he asked us to do and i serve in ministry at a local church i'm on the worship team i play guitar <laughs> Um, I am here to, um, to help people, to uh, minister to people, to disciple people, to listen to people, because sometimes that's just, that's just what people need. Um, everything's changed in my life. I never knew how much alcohol, drug use, anger, unforgiveness, isolation, despair, and bitterness, those roots that I had that it, those, those emotions that attacked me as a young child that I carried through my whole life eventually opened up doors to a spiritual realm. And I believe, truly believe that, that, that every experience I had was demonic. And I believe that the only solution is Jesus Christ. I don't think that religion's a solution. I don't think that a preacher's a solution. I don't think that, um, that, uh, works based or, or following a law. I don't think anything is a solution except getting to know who Jesus Christ is, because if you find him, he's waiting for you and he can solve every problem that you've ever had. And he can show you how to live a life of freedom and, and to have hope. And it has nothing to do with anything except a personal relationship with him, just talking to him and asking him what, what, who you are and what you're here for, because he created us all with a purpose. And it's just been the best. It's been the best. Ironically enough, you know, Lord, praise God that he had given me that, that I, that I had brought him into my life. I think that if I had not have asked him into my heart as a young child, because I really did believe it when I asked him in, I, I, I believe that the Holy spirit lived inside me. And I, I think that if I hadn't have had the Holy spirit in me, during these events throughout the years, I would definitely be either possessed or I would have died or done something horrible. And mm -hmm. it just goes to show that um, he waited for me. He didn't try to convince me of anything. He didn't try to force me to do anything. He just waited for me to come to him in a real way when I truly hit rock bottom. And he allowed those experiences to happen to me because I truly believe that those experiences needed to happen to me to get to a point where I was open to, to, to reach out to him and ask him to come into my life.
Well, that's the story. Wow. wow. Yeah. Absolutely incredible. Thank you so much for sharing that. And I'm sure a lot of it is difficult to talk about uh, a lot of really painful experiences. So I, I really appreciate you sharing it with us and, um, and for highlighting that the truth behind this, that this really is all spiritually based and coming back to everything that you were, uh, the, the doors that were opening, so to speak throughout your life, whether that was through the anger, the unforgiveness, alcohol, any of these different things can act as doorways. And I've also heard too, just experiencing trauma, like you had experienced uh, as a child there, uh, that can even play a role as well. All of these different things can can act as doorways for uh, these, these encounters to come into your life. And I know that there's three specific things that Joe Jordan and C4 Research Group have found that that also act as catalysts and and what you have what has happened to you falls into one of those, which is just a being, uh, I, I guess, raised in an environment where there wasn't much uh, of a spiritual foundation, especially I know Joe Jordan talks about like the, the father being the head of the household and that is not taken care of from a spiritual uh, point of view, the father being spiritually based in, in the teachings and truth of Jesus, that that can open up doorways. Another one is asking for the experience, and then the other is just having a background in new age and occultic mm-hmm. uh, uh, modalities. Um, these, any of these things, can act as a doorway. And I know he even said that even even just having an interest in this phenomena itself can act as a doorway. So it, it is. I didn't realize that just how many different ways that there were for for these experiences to happen uh, for people. I, I thought that they were much more rare than, than what they are, and I thought that they had to be much more particular in how they in how they came about. Uh, so I, I, I say that to hopefully give comfort to people that if, if you are experiencing, uh, you know, what Jason has talked about today and, and you're, and, and you're like, well, I, what did I do to deserve this? Well, it, uh, there are so many different openings that can, that, that can be created. I think many of them very subtle and to understand that what you, you know, what you're dealing with is not, uh, of what many people in this, in this field, make it out to be a, a nut and bolts, uh, craft and, and, uh, beings from a different planet. This really is a spiritual phenomena going on here. And uh, there is a solution. There is help. Um, and I'm, I'm just so thankful that uh, Jason has, has shared his testimony and used what the enemy meant for harm, for good, and being able to, to highlight this truth and, and, and hopefully bring comfort to people that have experienced what you've experienced. And uh, yeah, absolutely get, get the book. We'll talk about that here in just a second. I have one more question for you, which is, are you still, seeing the sightings today? No. Um, I, in six years, I think I've, ever since that first encounter, I've had this weird ability to um, see things that are there that people would probably have to know and otherwise look for. So like if I'm at the beach surfing or something, I can look all the way around and see an, a, a sea lion or an animal where I just don't even think I, I look and it's there. Or if this happened a lot after the experience where when I was seeing things, I would look up and there they were. It's not like I ever have to search. It's a weird instinctual thing that has happened to me. I think once or twice in the last six years where I've seen something that isn't right that shouldn't be there in the sky but what i've done when it's happened those two times is i've looked away immediately one time i was with my wife and we just um one of the one of the things that we're called to do is to look away and not give not give any attention and credence to those things um 
So yes and no. Um, any of any of the other experiences, everything's been wiped away. Um, I think even even in the two things that I have seen or the you know that I've been able to witness, when I think about it, during that time I was under an immense amount of pressure or I was had I was under a, some unrest or something had just previously happened that was very heavy and fearful or chaotic when those few things had happened. But again, one of the things that we tell people is that you can't you can't give any um, credence to the enemy. You can't give any um, you don't want to give attention to it or him or them because that's what they're seeking. Um, I want to, <clears throat> before you finish up here, I wanted to let people know that when I got back into the word of God and found out that the Bible is our real history book and that we were, we were as kids told literally a lot of lies. And then it really is not only the word of God, but it's our, our history book as humans and, and that everything in it is, is true and proven. And every prophecy that's been, in it has been proven and it's actually unfolding right now. But one of the things that struck me when I first came back to Christ after all those years and this happened to me that really stuck with me was Ephesians 6. I'm sure people have all heard it. Maybe you haven't. But it says the whole armor of God. And it says, finally, be strong in the Lord and, and in his strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against rulers, against the authorities, against cosmic powers over this present darkness, against spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. It's pretty heavy when you when you read something out of the Holy Bible after what happens to you. Then it says, Therefore take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, all to stand firm. Stand therefore having fastened on the, the belt of truth, putting, putting on the breastplate of righteousness, the, the, the shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace and in all circumstances, taking up the shield of faith, which can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one and take the helmet of salvation, the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, praying at all times in the spirit with all prayer and supplication to that end. Keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for the saints and also for me, that words may be given to me to open my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains, that I may declare it boldly as I ought to speak. You, know, you guys, I don't want to, I've done this, these testimonies many times. I don't want to do them anymore, but I, I have to do them because if there's anybody out there that, that hears that, that I can help, then that's my job. My job and a purpose he has for me in my life is to communicate with you people out there and let you know that I'm here for you, that Joe's here for you, and that Alex is here for you, and that there are resources Um to help you and the days are dark and they're going to continue to get darker. And so if I can, if I can push forward and continue to do these testimonies and continue to offer my ear to people, then that's what I'm here to do. And then I'll, the last thing I want to say is that if you're going, if, if you're at a point where you want to, you want to understand who Jesus is, the book, the, the Bible can be very intimidating. I don't have there behind me, but it's very intimidating at the beginning. But what I encourage many people to do is grab, grab a Bible and go to the Gospels, and that's Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And I, I just say read those Gospels um, over and over again. And nothing else, nothing more, and just pray. 
and just talk to God like you'd be talking to a friend to give you guidance, to have him give you wisdom, to have you give you understanding, to remove fear, to to help you be a better father, a husband, a wife, an employee or any, anything like that. And if you really do that and you seek him with your whole heart, you will find that things happen to you that dwarf any of the experiences that I had and that will bring nothing but hope, honesty, truth, righteousness, love, and ultimately salvation because this this life is nothing but a vapor in the wind and it goes quick. And when this life is over, we're not we're different than everybody else. We, we were created in God's image and we're going somewhere and your life is eternal. So I just, I don't want anybody to, to not understand that and, and, and leave this earth without understanding where they're going and how to get there. And that's all I got for you. That's it. Beautifully said. And I really appreciate you taking the time to, to share all of that there, your story and uh, all the truth as it relates to the word of God. Um, absolutely powerful. And, and I'm, I'm sure many, many people, um, I know myself included are very appreciative of, of everything that you, you are doing and have done to shine the, the light of truth on this topic. Um, so I want to commend you for that and want to, uh, bring you back or bring everyone back to where they can find the book piercing the cosmic veil, uh, written by Jason and Joe Jordan. You can find it at amazon.com. Also, uh, piercing the cosmic veil.com. Um, and I wanted to highlight as well, the, uh, website I believe is alienresistance.org. Um, I believe this is tied to uh, C4 research group. Is that right, Jason? That's right. I'll take you there. You can find many different testimonies there of people that have had similar experiences. Also, you can get in contact with Joe Jordan, president of CE4 research group there, uh, uh great resources for anybody that is, is, going through these types of experiences um also a lot of i just think uh a lot of hope can be found through that a lot of truth and uh hopefully comfort um and jason has also been kind enough to share his email as well so if you would like to reach out to him it's just going to be jason december 237 at gmail.com i will leave that in the description of the video and of the podcast as well for people that are are uh needing his his help and looking to, to reach out to him and uh, again, Jason, I, I, I thank you so much for your time and everything that you're doing. And uh, God bless you. And, and may he continue to guide and direct your steps as, as you help more people. Thanks for having me. And to all your listeners out there, God bless you guys. Jesus does love you very, very much. Yeah, thank you so much. Mm-hmm. Well, that is it for the show this week, everybody. Thank you for tuning in. And thank you for all you do, as always, to support the podcast. I really appreciate that. Whether that's sharing the podcast with somebody rating the podcast on on your podcast app, subscribing to the YouTube channel if that's where you're tuning in, Uh, whatever it is, liking the video, whatever it is that you do to support the podcast and help share truth and hopefully hope hope and comfort to other people out there. That means a lot to me. And uh, just a reminder too, if this is your first time tuning in, we have 38 other episodes uh, that you can go back and take a look at. Uh, Hopefully you found this interview to be entertaining informative and edifying and if that's the case i'm sure that you can find at least one other interview in that 30 in those 38 other episodes that will suit your interest i will keep it short this week everybody thank you again for all you do i will be praying for you have a fantastic week i'll see you next week take care bye-bye